Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. All right, good morning. Um, The scripture is a gospel, so stand if you are able. Our passage is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord, the word of the Lord. Yay. All right, people. Just checking if there's any questions. Uh, Kristen Throckmorton says, we love 40 Orchards. This is exciting. Thanks, Kristen. Awesome. Uh, And then... Check your liturgy for info on year-end giving, benevolence giving, Minecraft party, middle school Christmas party, Christmas Eve schedule, and special offering. Thanks, Rajan, for highlighting some of the things that I didn't have time to mention in my announcements. All right, deep breath in for me. (laughs) Let it go. So Advent, how's it been going, you guys? This season of waiting of hoping, of naming your longings, but also naming what's dark. How's it been going? I I see a couple like, ooh, a little, you know, good, bad. Advent is a season where we're invited to lean into the liminal space of waiting in the darkness for the light to arrive. And it's really fascinating, as we learned a couple of weeks ago, that the very God that we're waiting for to arrive, that very God waits with us during Advent. And that's the paradox of Advent. The light has come, the light will come, and the incarnation that we're waiting for is always coming into our world uh, through the Holy Spirit and through God. And Advent is a season to remember that new beginnings often start in the dark, obscure corners of the world. A surgery that you weren't expecting, a loss that you weren't anticipating, uh, a surprising joy that happens. New beginnings often start in the dark. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, has been our guide in learning how to cultivate these new beginnings. 
So we almost never do series, but we've learned to, that every once in a while it's important to have uh, sermons and learnings that build on each other. And this is one of those times as we see ourselves in this new beginning, we're looking to Mary to guide us into it. And so two weeks ago, we discovered that Mary in her own new beginning, as the angel Gabriel appeared to her and announced what the angel announced, she needed to know that number one in her new beginning that she had not prepared for, that she had no idea how she was going to make it through. She needed to know, number one, that God was with her. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. If you're a 14-year-old Jewish girl who is taught that God doesn't speak to you because of your gender and your age, to get that announcement must have been unbelievable, scary, exciting, all the things. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. She also needed to know that she could name her fears and her questions. I love that this is recorded. She doesn't just say, all right, sign me up. She says, how can this be? So she teaches us in our new beginnings that are obscured and clouded by darkness that we can ask questions like, this makes no sense to me, God. How will this happen? How am I going to make it through this? How will this be? And then we also learned that it was important that she needed to give her consent that God just doesn't force you into a new beginning. God invites you to consider a new beginning. And so Mary says, let it be done unto me just as you say. That was two weeks ago. And then last week, Mary taught us that God wants to partner with us in the co-creation of new beginnings, not just to follow the directions, but we learned and we imagined this reality that as new beginnings come to us in the form of different messages and little pieces of joy that happen to us or pain that God doesn't just order us to do things. God invites us to co-create new beginnings with her. And um, we learn these new beginnings through the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We also learn that we don't earn the right to partner in, in these new beginnings. We don't have to earn it. The only prerequisite required in the co-creation of new beginnings is a willingness to do it. Let it be done unto me. Yes. Though I don't know what's going to happen, I say yes. So this week, Mary's going to teach us the practice of simply doing the next right thing. Mary's going to teach us the practice when you're in a new beginning and nothing makes sense and everything looks dark of just doing the next right thing. During Mary's pregnancy, she had to learn to live with a lot of uncertainty. After she received this announcement, how is Joseph going to react? As Holly said last week, how exactly am I going to raise the son of God? <laughs> like, how's that going to go? And how am I going to learn to live with his life, which is going to be painful for a mother? She loved him. How would her family accept this news? What would happen to her and what would happen to Jesus once he was born with everyone believing that he was fathered out of wedlock? How would his life and her life be? And that was a reality. All the theologians agree that almost everyone in the little town that Jesus was born in considered him a mamzer, which means someone who was born out of wedlock. And that person would have been rejected from most things. 
not able to marry even. So Jesus himself lived his life as an outcast. And so did Mary. And when she said yes, that's part of what she was saying yes to. So Mary is looking at this reality. When you can't see the end of the road, you need to learn how to simply do the next right thing. There's this little psalm in Psalm 119 that says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so often, like if you've been around the church, you've probably heard that verse before, you know, and it's like, you probably can even, some of you can remember the song that was, <laughs> thy word. Yeah, Amy Grant, for sure. And um, well, I started that super high, didn't I? That was amazing. But we don't really think about what it means. You know, it's just it's kind of pretty. It's a song. But like, think about what it would mean just to have a lamp or a flashlight shining on your feet. We prefer the floodlights of a stadium. But if the word that is Christ is a lamp that shines on our feet, what does that mean? Yeah. Jason, it just means all you can do is take the next step. And I think this is the journey of faith. Faith is not believing in what's certain. That's not faith. That's the opposite of faith. Faith is learning, even though you don't quite believe, even though you don't really know, to step out and take the next right step. And that's what Mary does. In those days, verse 39, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Her cousin, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist. So first, all play question. If you're new around here, all plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo, because God speaks through the chorus. And we hear so much more when we can respond together. So first of all, play question. Why do you think visiting Elizabeth was the next right thing for Mary to do? Why do you think visiting Elizabeth was the next right thing for Mary? And again, there's no right answers. There's just answers that get us to more questions and more depth and more reality. So if you're online, you can use the chat. As you're waiting, to, to answer, Will responded to the How's Advent going, Will Lee, uh, by saying, Advent has been refreshing for me, realizing my longing for rest, and have been stepping into it. Way to go, Will. Stepping into rest during this season. That's tough. Okay, why do you think Elizabeth, why do you think Mary going to visit Elizabeth might have been the next right thing for her? Yes, Pam, she needed encouragement. <laughs> she probably wasn't getting much of it from her family. She needed to be accepted, Jason, 100%. Yes, she needed partnership. Is that Becky? No, JC. Thanks, JC. What else? Say it again, Rick, and then I'll go with Maddie just a second. Say it again. Sometimes you know when someone needs to bless you and you just radar yourself to that place and you need to be blessed. And you, maybe you don't even know you need to be blessed, but you just need to know that you need to get around this person and they're going to bless you. Awesome. Maddie? Probably needed to hear the voice and know that you 
she probably needed to hear the voice and validation from another woman in a very paternalistic society. Yes, yes, yes. Online, uh, a lot of them. From Cassandra, she needed community. Yes. From Will Lee, a shared understanding of the unexpected, unanticipated, and miraculous. Yes. It's a pretty small circle there, right? <laughs> when you're in that kind of environment. Elizabeth Muckle said she needed safety. Rajan, she needed support and to help process. Yes. What just happened? What is happening? What else? Yes. Maybe she was just scared. And she needed to retreat away from the limelight. I love that she goes to a hill country, you know? Like, was there moonshine there? I don't know. Maybe she needs some moonshine. We don't know. She's pregnant, probably not. Okay. Um, keep moving. Keep moving. Becky. Right. She didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know how Zechariah and Elizabeth would receive her. Yeah. So it was a risk. Yeah, we, that's a great point. I think I have not thought about that. I just thought, oh, yeah, she knew going to Elizabeth's house, she would get received. Actually, how would she know? There's no email, texting, you know. Did Elizabeth know Mary was pregnant before she got there? I don't think so because it says that there's this, like, her, you know, her, John the Baptist leapt in her womb, and then she knew, you know. So maybe she didn't know. Yeah, James. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay, James, that's so good. So he, James basically said, if she you know, didn't really know how Elizabeth would receive her being a pregnant and unmarried woman, but thinking that she might, that's a great reflection. A person of faith, Elizabeth was, of the kind of people we need to be when people approach us with surprising events that happen in their lives. Can we be people that welcome, that bring peace, that bring shalom, that don't add to the shame, that bless instead? Yeah, beautiful. I want to show you a picture up on the screen that is in my wife's office. Um, and as you, as you look at this picture, both online and in person, this is Mary and Elizabeth. What do you see in this picture of Elizabeth and Mary? What do you see? Thanks, Marnie. Elizabeth looks excited. Yes. If you can't see it, come around where you can see it if you want to. Again, online, just use the chat. What do you... Ooh. Becky said, I love how both women are touching what they cannot see inside of the womb, each other's wombs. Kristen Powell online says, awe and comfort. Kristen Throckmorton online says, happiness and sadness, both are holding space. Whew. What do you see? Oh, shared understanding, yeah. 
New beginnings, Rick. Yeah. And they're in the dark, you know? Yeah, James, emotional tension. There's a lot going on. Yeah, James said, oh, Mary, she's I got her eyes closed. She's looking away. There might be some shame that's just having to be overcome. And and Elizabeth is is not is looking down, you know, not even quite at. There's some tension there. There's there's not just exuberant joy. There's some layers there. Yeah. Uh, Junia notices the color of their tummies. Yeah. Anything else? Yep. There's light and darkness. Like Mary's whole arm is illuminated by what's being illuminated inside of her. Mary says they both have a symbol of God's presence on them. Mary has the, um, you know, sort of the sort of sainted halo. But if you look closely, Elizabeth has the dove on her ear. It almost looks like an earring, but it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Loop Studio, uh, this picture comes out of. It's called Mary and Elizabeth. And Brenda Salter McNeil, a pastor in Seattle, recently posted this picture on her Facebook account along with this quote from the CCDA. God through Elizabeth reminds us of his ability to stretch and lengthen our timeliness, our timelines and norms for how things should go. He brings us into the liminal space of the now and not yet of pregnancy, of waiting, of transition. We wait on him as we are pregnant with hopes, dreams, life, and struggle as he sees us as we wait. And he sees us as we wait. We'll read that again. God, through Elizabeth, reminds us of his ability to stretch and lengthen our timelines and norms for how things should go. He brings us into the liminal space of the now and not yet of pregnancy, of waiting, of transition. We wait on him as we are pregnant with hopes, dreams, life, and struggle, and God sees us as we wait. When you're pregnant with a new beginning, you're in the liminal space of now and not yet. And because you're human, you want to see the outcome. <laughs> but when you're pregnant with a new beginning, that's not what time it is. You don't get to know the gender yet. You don't get to know if the baby's fine yet. This liminal space is a time to stretch and lengthen our timelines for how we think things should go. When you don't know the outcome, when you can't see how things will turn out, you need to learn to simply do the next right thing. For Mary, that was visiting Zechariah and Elizabeth. That's all she needed to do at that point. Didn't need to know the full outcome. Didn't need to know how she was going to carry that baby to the full term. Didn't need to know how she was going to figure it all out once he was born. Really, honestly, 
All she needed to do was the next right thing. And that next right thing was to visit Elizabeth. This is such good news for those of us who are trying to live lives of faith. So often we trip ourselves up by needing to know the outcome before we start. That's so understandable. And I I just almost see God like saying, oh, you rascal. You're doing it again. You want to know the outcome. It's awesome. We all do it. It's fine. But if we want to learn to live lives more open-handedly, where we're surprised by God's goodness and surprised by the joys that come, even in the middle of confusing things, we'll need to learn to live lives of faith by just doing what's in front of us. doesn't mean you don't have long-term planning. Enneagram ones, you can still make your lists. It's okay. Be at peace. Promise that's fine. But then at times, at times, ask God to teach you how to take the next right thing, next right step. So here's another all play question. What do you think Mary experienced during her time with Elizabeth? What do you think she experienced? I think it says she stayed there about three months, about 90 days. It's a long time. What do you think she experienced? Approval, John. Yes. Peace, Nate. Yes. Acceptance. Is that Laura back there? JC. Acceptance. Sorry, JC. I mean, it's like you're throwing your voice, maybe. (laughs) Comfort. Yes. Morning sickness, 100%. Relief that someone else gets it and got it, yes. Yeah. When we ground ourselves with safe people, it gives us courage to go back out into the world with some more peace and groundedness. So I had a conversation with some people this last week, and this one person was saying, I'm kind of nervous about meeting my extended family because I'm going to have all these hard conversations. You know, I have to have all these hard conversations. And then someone else said, you know, huh, wonder if you saw that differently. I wonder if you didn't have to have those conversations unless you were ready. You could say, oh, thanks for the question. That's so kind of you. I'm just not ready to talk about it yet. You know, so being around safe people grounds you so you can go out and do hard things in a different way. What else? Yeah, she saw someone that was a little further along, a little further along in the pregnancy journey. And and Elizabeth was older. You know, she had lived a different life, wanting to have a baby, but not being able to, being outcast because of that in her time. So I, sorry, someone else? Community, Holly, yeah. She experienced community, friendship. And remember, if you remember the other part of the story, Zechariah, because I don't know, this is a weird story, but he was struck, he couldn't speak until John the Baptist was born. So he couldn't even talk. So it was really just Mary and Elizabeth, just chilling out, hanging out. It wasn't him, barking out orders and stuff. Just, you know, that was a little grace, you know, a little gift. 
Sorry. No mansplaining for three months. Yes. I think that's really why Zechariah was, was speechless. You know, they, in the Bible, they had to say it was because he didn't believe, but really it was because Mary was visiting and, you know, kidding. So I think there are certain assignments that are so bewildering and perplexing that you don't even know where to start. Amen? Uh, and so you begin to doubt that they're from God. As soon as that initial feeling, have you ever been there where it's like you were, you're pretty, pretty sure God is inviting you into something and then a little time passes and you're like, uh, I don't know if that was really God. And I think Mary, God maybe knew that Mary needed to be sure. And so when Mary went to Elizabeth and Elizabeth said, you know, Peace be upon you. Um, you are blessed because you're carrying the Son of God in your womb. It was also a confirmation that what Mary had received was real and true. Because it's very human to doubt in the dark what you knew in the light. <laughs> right? It's very human. So I think even though the angel of God had visited her, she still needed another human being to validate what had just happened to her. Before Mary even told her the story, Elizabeth believed her. It's a powerful thing to be believed, isn't it? It's a powerful thing to be believed. So how can we learn to simply do the next right thing? Like me and you in our, in our world, our new beginnings, when you're taking a step of faith. Um, three ideas. It's always got to be three, right? I almost didn't put three because that's so cliche. My, my four wing comes out there. I don't want to do three. Number one, embrace liminal space. Embrace liminal space. That means understand that you aren't where you were, but you're also not where you're going yet. And it's so hard to just embrace that uncertainty. But when you're in that moment of uncertainty, you aren't where you were, but you aren't where you're going yet. So the only thing you can do <laughs> that's authentic is embrace that liminal space. Stop trying to go back to the way things were. In Genesis, that's a word for us. Amen. Stop trying to go back to the, to the way things were. Stop demanding to move forward right now. Learn to make peace with the now and not yet. So embrace liminal space. Number two, learn to ask yourself, what do I need right now? Most of us aren't good at that question. What do I need right now? It might be hard to whittle this one down, but you can journal about it. You can talk to friends or partners about it. You can be okay needing something. What do I need right now? And be okay asking for it. I had a friend this week, that asked, or it was last week, that asked me for a thing because she realized that a thing that she had said yes to, something changed in her life that made her yes need to change to a no. So she had to have the courage to say that to me. Like, that thing I said yes to, I need to take that back and say no. Is that okay? And I was like, of course. And, and it's like, it's, that might not always be your response. My response in the moment was yes. I was so proud that this person had the courage to say what I thought I had space for, I now no longer have space for. What I need right now is to take my yes back. We can do that, people. Amen? We can do that. 
We can offer that with grace. So learn to ask yourself, what do I need right now? And then three, learn to distinguish between the next right thing and the easy thing, the efficient thing, the thing that's going to cover all the bases. The next right thing is just the next right thing. Might not be easy, might not be efficient, and it certainly usually never covers all the bases. But it's the next right thing. So may you have the courage, like Mary, to go pursue the next right thing, the thing that offers you community, safety, a womb-like environment. That's what it was. So that you can walk all the way into your your new beginning. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.